Oh yeah, we're walking in the woods. Actually, we've just come into a clearing. I can see Mount Washington, Black Crater, North Sister, Black Butte, all sorts of nearby mountains here in the realm of Middle Oregon. I'm T, and this is Burning Tarot. And thank you, those of you who have emailed me from my last mini-podcast, where I asked for some feedback. I will make that request again and tell you a little about the feedback I've received so far at the end of this little podcast-like thing. But first, let's talk about our card. Today. Today, I am watching a butterfly, tortoise shell, orange, sit on an old dead snag, a stump, with very craggy outcroppings. It's gorgeous, the whole scene. I have these beautiful mountains. The manzanita are blooming. Little tiny pink bells of flowers. I'll show you a picture of our card among the manzanita blossoms. I'm thinking primarily of one person among you today. You're the one who said you'd like me to do way more of these about any subject writing tarot whatever nature walks so i want to say thank you for being so enthusiastic and i'm pulling the card today for all of us our small handful of burning tarot listeners but especially especially for you Ah, i've sat down upon a stump now feeling relaxed, and I can tell you, give you the big reveal, our card today, drawn from the traditional pixie illustrated um, Smith Rider Waite deck, is the Seven of Wands reversed. So Seven of Wands, Seven of Wands, this depicts a presumed dude, presumed white dude, but it could be a they, or a woman in a tunic. Tunics and leggings are popular among women in our era. But in the era allegedly depicted here in, this is supposed to be a male figure, holding a long staff. Speaking of male, it's a big old phallic symbol. And when you look at this card upright, he is valiantly fighting with his staff against six other staffs that are encroaching upon him. But he's got the advantage. He is up on a little cliff or hill, and they're coming up from below. So for the moment, he is managing to fend off a much bigger crowd than himself, just with his own fiery staff. Now, if you flip this card over, it looks funny. And so for those of you who dabble in tarot yourselves, um, you probably already know this, but I'm going to blather about it anyway. It's very fun to flip a card upside down in the case of a reversal and to try to read it literally. So look at the illustration as though the sky and the ground have just flipped. So this guy's feet are up in a green cloud rather than being down on the green earth. Because we flipped it over. 
So if you allow your imagination to play in that space, reverse gravity, interesting stuff happens. First of all, this guy is headed downward because gravity, gravity being a thing and all. So in this version of the card, the six staves, staffs, or wands that are heading for our character, our hero, they're coming out of the clouds, the green clouds, out of the sky. And really the best way to get away from those fuckers would just be for him to allow gravity to pull him away from those staves and whoever's holding them. Maybe it's angels up in the sky. Maybe they're mean angels. And so our fellow in the green tunic could simply plop down through the blue sky onto whatever ground exists over here in this upside-down world, still clinging on to his staff. Now, the angels could pursue him, perhaps, but it seems to me that these floating staves seem more menacing. I can't see the angels or whoever's holding them. They're unseen enemies, and this makes them feel creepier and more frightening. And if they are angels, if there's somebody who likes floating around in the sky, then they, they will have an advantage over our green tunic fellow. Because I just I can just tell that he's basically a regular old earthling. You know? So from this point of view, it makes sense for the guy in the middle of the conflict who feels like he's having to fend off otherworldly creatures with his one staff, it really would make sense for him to let go of the grip that his feet have on the greenery and simply allow himself to float downward. Here comes the big wind. I'll try to shield the device. So some people interpret this card as, well, it might be tempting to give up around now. But don't give up. It can also be read as uh, unseen allies show up or unknown, unexpected allies. Somebody's actually pulling for you. They're in your corner. Maybe if you let go of your feet and just let yourself drift down instead of crashing, having a terrible landing when you try to avoid the endless conflict you've been in, you might have a soft landing. There might be something there to catch you. Today, I am feeling that this card wants to say that to us. Keep a hold of your staff. Keep a hold of what lets you feel like you can really channel your energy. What, whatever it is that you use to defend yourself when the world gets tangly and nasty, keep that. Do not lose your weapon. But you may put it away or hold it tightly in your hands as you release yourself from the conflict. Probably little bits and pieces of the conflict might follow you, but the position you're in right now of gripping, sort of forcing yourself against gravity to stay in a state of heightened conflict all the time, um, that's a choice, and you have the choice to get out. And this card suggests that might be a good choice. So for uh, for many of us, this... um, I know a lot of you guys and I tend toward 
activism or community concerns, um, political concerns, anti-racism, that kind of thing. And so I refer to it a lot here on Burning Tarot. So it could be that kind of thing. And this could be more personal this time. It might even be a combination of both, where a person or some people who matter to you on a, you know, on a human level, people you know, are involved on the wrong end, in your opinion, of a conflict like this. And there you are in the middle of it. Obviously, we have to defend ourselves a lot, and we have to help defend others a lot, just in how our culture works. But for the last few years, especially, many of us end up in a position where we're doing a lot more defending than we are living. And this can exhaust us. Seven of Wands reversed today wants us to drift out of the conflict for a while. I don't think it matters whether we win or if it looks like we win or if it appears that we're not fighting hard enough consistently enough or if it looks like we just took a fucking break because we deserve one and because we know that if we burn out we're not going to help anybody and this could be any kind of issue thing that you might be fighting about um, mine have been things like the schools you know arguing about how my son will get educated or not could be something like that but I would look to, um, to family and interpersonal friendship conflicts as well as community and larger political concerns and find the nasty argument that you can just release yourself from for a while. You know, the woo is here giving you permission to do that and, and suggesting there is a way out. There is a way out. And you don't have to hang on like a pit bull in every single argument, every single battle. Um, so this might be a good time to identify one area or one particular conflict that you could be done with or just put aside for a while. You can always swim back up there and jump back into the fray, but we can resolve to take two weeks off, for example. Ah, what else can we say about the Seven of Wands, even when reversed? This is telling us that the way we handle conflict right now has the potential to reveal a lot to us. To reveal a lot to us about ourselves and about our practices. Our ability to relate to the woo and to hear the messages from the woo, from our inner woo. So this is supposed to be a learning thing, y'all. What is hidden doesn't always want to come to light, but little bits of it do, and that's how we learn especially when we're learning about our internal world. So there you go. Um, because of the wind, I'm going to pause now. And um, when I come back, we'll talk about the little survey for those of you who want to participate or want to hear about what we've learned so far here in the land of oh, burning tarot. Much love. I'm T. Bye. And I'm back. We will have a little wind here. Too bad. If you like wind, stick with me. Can't bear it. Well, just turn the thing off. The big exciting Seven of Wands reverse part is over anyway. Now we're just wandering. You can hear the footsteps. You can hear the forest. 
got a little sunshine coming through the clouds right now. Very nice. So, I wanted to say, I invited people on the last mini podcast thingy to please send me an email to burningtarot at gmail.com. That's burningtarot at gmail.com. And let me know a little bit about basically whether Burning Tarot is still working for you. It was started in response to COVID and I might shut it down as we get our vaccines and such. But if people are getting a kick out of it, I mean, I enjoy it. So it's not like it's harming me to (laughs) spend some time um, sharing my nature walks with a handful of lovely people. But I'm just trying to sort out what to do with it next. So I would love it if you would email me and say, yeah, I listen now and then. Now and then. That'd be fun. Keep going. Or, you know, I think I'm kind of over it at this point. Or, I love it. Oh, my God. Don't make it go away. Whatever your thing is, I would love to hear about your thing. If there are particular things that um, you would like to see improved or enhanced, either about the podcast uh, or about the individual readings, this would be a great time to do that as well. If there are items of interest that you think I could help you with in some way, let me know that. Let me know if you are interested in paying at all to access um, a podcast, uh, if I were to stick it behind a paywall, such as on Substack or Patreon. Um, And part of that is about privacy, not big like big data level privacy, but just on the everyday internet's level of privacy. That way, these very intimate uh, little moments that I am sometimes sharing with you guys here wouldn't just be out there for any yo-ho to download, which they can right now. They're unlikely to because this isn't um, publicized, but it is just sitting there on my website. And so there could be advantages to um, not being that open. So let me know what you think about any of those possibilities. For those of you who have answered me already, I'll give you a hint as to where things have been going. Um, <laughs> well, we're, we're going about 50-50 so far. Uh, the people who don't listen at all and don't even want to think about it have not written me. Surprise, surprise. So, of the ones who have written, it's people who want Burning Tarot to continue. But we're, we're going about 50-50 on the issue of, well, what exactly should we do with Burning Tarot? And um, at the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned one of you that had been very encouraging and very, you know, set me up. Set me up with, with all the different podcasts you can talk about all the things I got a kick out of that that was fun and I had emailed back going I could talk about tarot or writing or this or that what do you think they're like yeah everything well that's a really nice vote of confidence on the other end of the spectrum we have people who are like yeah love me some burning tarot and um keep it limited you know 
one person, I asked for more specifics, and they were like, you know, twice a month. What would you think of that? They were into that. So um, I'm probably not going to commit to any kind of schedule. There's no particular reason to do so. Uh, but it is nice to have a sense of what people actually want. Um, I love to blather, and sometimes the woo is speaking very strongly to and or through me. So that's the biggest inspiration for me, is when the woo seems to really be tugging at me, like, you got to pull a card right now. This is for the burning tarot handful. Come on, pick the card. That's the most motivating thing that I have going on. Um, But I'm also motivated just by the enjoyment of um, pulling a card in a more relaxed fashion, taking a walk, sharing a little bit of the beauty that I see around me, and then sometimes hearing back from you guys about how you're responding to my walk. It's fun. It's a little more confusing than writing. Um, I think all of you probably know that I've been a writer my whole life, and that's been my primary profession. So it's a little, uh, and I did also do radio when I was younger. Um, So blathering comes naturally to me too, right? But writing is, um, there are places and forms for that, that are, uh, you know, I write for a newspaper. I write a column. People tell me what they think about it. They write letters to the editor. Maybe I don't run into somebody for six months. When I see them, they tell me what they thought of the column that I wrote six months before. And it's a great way to be in a kind of public dialogue. This feels different, and I, um, I enjoy many things about it. But most of it, most of the, you know, the whole podcast craze is driven by technology companies that have shown themselves to be wildly unethical most of the time in most situations. And the tools that I could use to kind of clean up this little podcast or, you know, focus on expanding it a little bit or expanding its audience, I feel like these would put me in a position of playing with a bunch of tech that I don't really want to play with. Uh, and or that I don't feel good about spending much time with because I don't like how the companies are operating. So that's why I'm making all these inquiries. You know, is uh, that's just how I am. I tend toward the restless and dissatisfied. <laughs> I just want to change things or make improvements to them. Ironically, that attitude goes very well in the tech industry, and I used to work in the tech industry sometimes. So, you know, maybe that's why I dislike it so much. I can totally relate. But there's a long blather for you. That one's for you, person who I mentioned at the beginning of this. I'm just blather, blither, blathering now. I'm walking among the ceanothus, which smell insane this time of year. I'm going to rub one of these curled up leaves. See, here's the sound of me rubbing the leaf. Here's the leaf going up to my nose. Oh my god. I love it. It's a little bit like a hit of eucalyptus, kind of. It's 
about that same craziness. And one of my friends just told me you can just make tea directly out of these. I'm going to ask my Cianothus friend here, may I borrow a leaf or two? Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'm going to take two home, mix the tea. And we're getting into the light pink manzanita blossoms and the dark pink ones. And there's another tortoiseshell butterfly on the path. Hi, cutie. Those things look marvelous against the ponderosa bark. Sometimes they blend right in. <sighs> there's your little hit of nature. And there's your little hit of blather. Don't forget that seven of wands turning itself upside down and floating down gently onto its own head into the arms of a waiting, unexpected, positive vibe. Because sometimes sticking with the fight just ain't the right thing to do. So, that's the news that I've got. I'm not even sure what fight I'm in right now, but I reckon that reading's for me as well. So I'm going to contemplate that as I meander through the woods with much love in my heart for you. <laughs>